Marco Gonzalez gave one of his signature bulldog performances by the Mariners, and stop me if you've heard this one before, could not muster any offense against the Minnesota Twins, losing 5 to nothing this afternoon. We'll be talking about that as well as the next 30 games to come and what the Mariners need to do in order to be relevant in the AL wildcard race. And Colby is also going to tell us a trade target that he's been thinking about. I don't even know who it is. Let's get into it here on the Locked On Mariners podcast. Colby, hit it. You are Locked On Mariners. Your daily Seattle Mariners podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. It's Wednesday, June 15th, 2022, and this is the Locked On Mariners podcast. Thank you so much for making us your first listen of the day. We are free and available on all platforms. I'm Tidy Gonzalez. He's Colby Patnode. We cover the Mariners over at InsideTheMariners.com. Be sure to follow the show on Twitter at LO underscore Mariners. Follow Inside the Mariners at Inside Mariners. You can follow me at Dane Gonzalez. That's D-A-N-E-G-N-Z-L-Z and Colby at CPAT11. That's C-P-A-T-1-1. Be sure to also check out our Patreon at Patreon.com forward slash Control the Zone. We typically post uh, two additional shows on there every week and get into some bigger ideas and bigger topics, whereas Locked On Mariners covers more of the day-to-day with EMs. So we also get into some non-baseball discussions on Control the Zone as well. It's a fun time, so be sure to check it out. Again, that's patreon.com forward slash Control the Zone. And if this is your first time joining us here on the Locked On Mariners podcast, welcome to the show. If you like what you hear, give us a follow or subscribe wherever you're listening to this. And if you're watching us on YouTube, hit the subscribe button, turn on the notification bell, and give this video a thumbs up. We greatly appreciate it. So we just hopped off of our live stream, our little live watch along that we did on our uh, True to the Trident YouTube account, uh, our CTZ live watch along, and uh, it was not fun. <laughs> Quite fair. I mean, it was fun interacting with some of you, uh, but outside of that, uh, it was not wa- fun at all watching this uh, baseball team get absolutely destroyed again. Uh, this is the eighth. I believe shutout loss of the year for the Mariners. So that's uh, yeah, that's just great. We're we're absolutely vibing on uh, today's episode. Uh, so we're going to be talking about that. We're going to be talking about the next thirty games. Uh, for the Mariners as well, because the schedule does get easier for them now that they're done with the Red Sox and Twins. Uh, they're going to be starting a five-game, four-day series with the Angels starting tomorrow. That's uh, something, certainly. Uh, <laughs> but we will probably focus more on that tomorrow. Uh, we're also going to be talking about a trade target that Colby has been thinking about. And again, I don't even know who that is. So I, like all of you watching or listening right now, will uh, also be surprised. So we'll, we will figure that out together. But let's get into this game. 5 nothing. The Mariners lose. Uh, they get shut out. Uh, <laughs> I mean, there, there's a lot that we can dive into here. Uh, not Scott Service's best day, to be sure. Uh, <laughs> particularly with uh, with a certain decision that he made with uh, runners on first and second and no one out when the game was still 0-0 at the time. Or it was one nothing at the time, I believe. Um, either way. Doesn't matter. Yeah. It, it was it was it was a situation where the Mariners could have scored and uh, they did not because uh, they really. The, I mean, they really only have themselves to blame for that. Uh, they also had a situation where they had Taylor Trammell on third and no one out and uh, did not drive him in either. So it was just it was one of those games. It was a Mariners special. Uh, Marco Gonzalez was actually pretty pretty dang good in this game. Mm-hmm. He goes. Uh, he goes pretty deep into this game. I believe it was uh, six and two-thirds innings, uh, three hits, one earned run, a uh, couple walks, a couple strikeouts, only six hard-hit balls uh, in this game. So uh, pretty pretty good outing for, for Marco. What did you see out of him? 
very aggressive through a lot of strikes. Uh, Changeup was very good today. And it's kind of becoming the, the norm for Marco is he really does need that. Uh, which is nice because in, it was the cutter. The cutter wasn't very, wasn't bad, right? And he certainly had a very nice second mm-hmm. half, but the cutter is just not the pitch that is going to get swings and misses. And while Marco's never going to be a big swing and miss guy, he does have to get some of them uh, because he just, if not, he's going to, Marco's contact is hard contact, right? So if you're not getting swings and misses, if you're not getting counts into your favor, you're not going to have much success because uh, eventually you're going to uh, either not have your control or command like he did against Boston, or he's going to just be in the middle of the plate. And, and as a result, he's going to give up a lot of hard contact and hard contact tends to turn into home runs. Um, so it was really important for Marco to throw his change up today uh, through 36 of them. Uh, he ended up getting six whiffs and six called strikes. Uh, so he had 36 changeups, 27 for strikes. Um, uh, it was his best pitch. He used it a ton. Uh, sinker was actually pretty good as well. Uh, not a lot of hard hit balls off of the sinker. Uh, the cutter, it was, it was there. Let's say, um, only got one whiff on it, but, uh, yeah, it's seven whiffs for Marco. Not great. Um, but they were all but one were on the changeup, uh, and he avoided hard contact fairly well. Um, mm-hmm. Not quite as well as Robbie Ray did the other day, um, but still pretty good. I think six hard hit balls all game, uh, and six and two thirds only walked two. Um, so yeah, it was it was a good Marco start. Um, still would like to see him miss a few more bats here and there, but overall it was about as good as you can hope from from uh, from Marco against a pretty good lineup. So I would ask you about the uh, decision to have Dylan Moore bunts, but I would assume that would get us fired from the Lockdown Podcast Network. So I'm not going to risk doing that. Uh, <laughs> but uh, this this offense in general, um, I mean, you know, there, there's only so much that we can say about it that we haven't already said. Um, and, and, and again, you know, J.P. Crawford's been out of the lineup the, the last couple games with uh, what he believes is food poisoning. Um, they were able to survive it yesterday. They didn't even have Jesse Winker in the lineup yesterday, and, and they were able to score five runs. Uh, but today looked more like how you would expect a lineup without J.P. Crawford and, you know, with the way that this lineup is obviously constructed as a whole as well uh, would perform. So, you know, this um, it's it's just it's it's sad. There's too many black holes in this lineup. Uh, Adam Frazier shouldn't have been hitting leadoff, especially with the way that he's been hitting as of late. Uh, it should have been Ty France, quite frankly, um, because maybe that inning where they had Tremel on third uh, would have looked a little bit different if Ty France came up to bat with just one out instead of two outs. Obviously, he struck out, um, but maybe that you know changes the whole makeup of that entire at bat. You know who knows? Um, but I just you know the, the the lineup construction, even though that Scott doesn't have many options, many good options in the lineup right now with the injuries and everything that's happened and just the general lack of depth that the this lineup has, just feels like this lineup could have been uh, put together a little bit better uh, to be more conducive to scoring runs. But, you know, what can you do, I guess? Um, you know, Julio Rodriguez came in, checked in with a double uh, in the ninth inning. Uh, so... It's a little, you know, it's kind of nice to see because, you know, Julio's been skidding a little bit, but overall not a ton of 
um, silver linings to find in this game other than the fact that Jesse Winker went two for three and he got on base three times in this game. Uh, and, you know, they, the Mariners did what we said that they probably should do on yesterday's show. They have moved him out of the leadoff spot. Uh, they were planning on doing that, you know, uh, last night or, well, you know, Winker was getting the day off rest, but they put JP in, in the leadoff spot initially, which is great. I, th- I think, you know, if you're not going to hit France leadoff, it should be JP. But now with JP, you know, sick, uh, it should have been France today. Uh, but Winker did look uh, look pretty solid. He had one hit, hard hit ball in this game. Uh, and again, you know, two singles. Uh, he walked. Uh, so he wasn't the problem in this game. But uh, a lot of other guys were. And I mean, what do you expect from a lineup that is starting Dylan Moore and hitting him six? Sam Haggerty, Luis Torrens, <laughs> and, uh, and a slumping Taylor Trammell as well. Yeah, I mean... Nine, one, two, three, right? The wraparound there. Yeah. Uh, they went a combined one for 14 uh, with uh, one walk and uh, five strikeouts. So, yeah. Uh, yeah, it doesn't matter, you know, what Suarez or Winker did at four and five uh, because nine, one, two, three didn't do their job. Uh, mm-hmm. Frazier got a meaningless walk when it was five to nothing in the eighth. Uh, France went 0 for four. His batting average is, is collapsing quickly. It's down to 317. Remember mm-hmm. where it was in Baltimore? It was like 360 something. It's all the yeah. way down to 317 now. He's definitely in a slump. Um, Julio's definitely in a slump. Uh, you know, he's able to check in and, and help the club every every night somehow, but he is definitely slumping. Um, Kind of, reg- I don't know, slumping, regressing to a normal twenty-one-year-old, let's say. Yeah. Uh, and then Suarez, we know, is is inconsistent. You know, I've, I've started calling him Schrodinger's bat because uh, you never know what you're going to get until the at bat's over. So um, it's just it's tough to rely on that guy. And then Winker has been bad. Dylan Moore, you know, we see what happens when you overexpose Dylan Moore. There's a reason he's always going to be a bench guy at most. You just you're not. You can't play him seven days a week and expect him to perform. It just—it's for God's happen. sake, he cannot put a bunt down to save his life. No, oh my God! Stop doing it. I—I I can't yeah. remember the last time Dylan Moore successfully laid down a bunt. Yeah, I, I see don't on, his, on his page he's done it twice, but he is bad at it. Every time they ask him, he fails. Like he's bad. Like it—it yeah. it doesn't matter. Like, oh well, we wanted to avoid the double play. The double play would have been better. At least you would have put the ball in play. They would have had to make two throws to get yeah. the double play. And Dylan Moore runs pretty well, so like. And let's be honest, Dylan Morgan hit the ball hard on the ground. <laughs> no. So I just, yeah, the bunt was stupid, but Dylan Moore did not have a good day. Luis Torrens did not have a good day. Uh, Sam Haggerty did not have a good day. Um, Abraham Toro came in in a big spot. He failed again. He probably needs to be down in AAA. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Taylor Trammell, again, he's slumping right now a little bit too, but he does check in with a double. Uh, play some pretty good defense out in right field. It's just the Mariners have too many holes in their lineup. And and so if Ty France and Julio aren't carrying the team like they were, um, you know, for about 10 days there at the end of May, beginning of, of uh, June, then it's just you're expecting too much from the rest of this lineup, which is full of inconsistent players and full of guys who are slumping. Uh, you're just, you're not going to get, you're not going to get enough runs on a consistent enough level to win. Uh, now they've dropped dropped two series in a row, and and really it's been the offense's fault both times. Pitching's been pretty mm-hmm. good for the Mariners on this homestand. Yeah. You know, a few bad outings here and there, but for the most part, it's been pretty good. 
and it hasn't yep. mattered. They're two and four. And now they need to do some damage against the Angels, who, you know, they, we know about the 14-game losing streak, but, uh, you know, they've, they've obviously broken that, and, and they're starting to play a little bit better baseball. And we know how dangerous they are with Otani and Trout. Um, yeah. And, or should I say, for the Mariners' sake, uh, Trout and David Fletcher. Yes, yeah. I'm absolutely. not worried about Otani at all. Probably oh, they should call, call yeah, they should call yep. up Justice Sheffield. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Justice you and Sheffield. I you and I, yeah, on the same wave like here. <laughs> yeah. Just go just go up against Otani, guaranteed out. Yep. Uh yep. one for eleven is Otani versus Sheffield with I believe six strikeouts. Incredible. Incredible. Yep. That's a, just it's the one, one the guy most, Justice Sheffield can consistently get out. Just one of the most Shohei Otani. One of the most insane stats <laughs> that I've, I've heard. Um, yeah, so, you know, right now the Mariners have more or less undone the work that they did on, on the road trip, uh, the progress yeah. that they made. And Only plus uh, one. Yeah, really disheartening. So, you know, let's uh, let's look ahead at the, you know, next month's worth of games because uh, the, the schedule does get a little bit easier. Uh, for the Mariners here now that they're now that they're done with the uh, Red Sox and Twins, uh, what do they have to do to stay relevant, or at least, or rather, become relevant in the AL Wild Card race? We're going to be talking about that in just a moment. But real quick, a reminder: this episode of Locked On Mariners is brought to you by Blue Nile. Whether you're ready to pop the question or you're celebrating a milestone moment, find jewelry as unique as them with the modern convenience of online shopping at BlueNile.com. Blue Nile has simple online tools that let you choose the diamond shape, size, and clarity, as well as setting style. Blue Nile's bench jewelers will then handcraft their perfect engagement ring, and each ring will be a one-of-a-kind. Looking for fine jewelry but having trouble choosing? Blue Nile has jewelry experts on hand 24-7 available via phone or chat to help you find a memorable gift at every budget. Make your moment sparkle with jewelry from BlueNile.com and Locked On Mariners listeners get $50 off purchases of $500 or more. This podcast exclusive includes engagement jewelry as well. Use promo code LOCKEDON, that's L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N, plus every order is insured, ships free, and arrives in discreet packaging that won't give away what's inside. So shop stress-free and then find your forever piece. Go to BlueNile.com today. You're listening to Locked On Mariners. Thank you again for making us your first listen of the day. The Ultimate NBA Mock Draft starts June 16th. That's tomorrow. With over 50 insiders, nothing equals the Ultimate NBA Mock Draft. Again, first pick is tomorrow, June 16th. Search Ultimate NBA Mock Draft and follow now so you don't miss a pick. So, Colby, you and I talked about this a little bit on our live stream today. The next 30 games for the Mariners, it's going to get a little easier. They do have a couple tough series in there, but it is going to be uh, quite a bit easier than than really the first two and a half months of the season have been for them. Uh, so there is an opportunity here for them to pick up some ground, to make up some ground here. Uh, but obviously we've seen this team play and it really doesn't matter who they play against. Honestly, the better the opponent, the better they played at times. So, you know, maybe this is actually a death knell for them going up against an easy schedule. Who knows? But um, what do they have to do here before we get get into the schedule in general? What do they need to do over the next 30 games to stay relevant or be relevant in the AL wildcard race? Yeah, so uh, the Mariners have 30 games left between uh, tomorrow and the All-Star break, so that's why we're using 30 games. Nice round number. Mm -hmm. um, 
Yeah, uh, I would say they need to be at 500 or right around it. Maybe a game under would be okay. Uh, not not in the next 30 games. I mean, by the end of the 30 games, uh, their overall record needs to be 500 or better, more than one or two games below 500, to have a real shot to go into the deadline or to go into the All Star break and say like, yeah, I think we're we're buying. Um, so I, I think you know what that looks like for a team that's seven under. They need to go at least 18 and 12, um, and then obviously every game over 18 is is a huge bonus. Um, it's not easy to go 18 and 12 in any stretch of 30 games, regardless of who you're playing, but that's the position the Mariners have kind of put themselves in. So uh, I think 18 is the minimum, maybe 17. If, if the rest of the league kind of, kind of uh, falls back to them a little bit, they're not as far out of it as you might think. Um, but even if you win 16, I mean, that's only a, a two game buffer, a two game jump. That's just not. So I think, I think 18 and 12 is, is kind of the bare minimum for them to be, uh, to, for them to go into the all-star break thinking like we still have a shot. Mm-hmm. And it all also really depends on how the third wild card plays out the rest of the way. Are the Red Sox just suddenly hot and they're going to stay hot? And you know, what, yeah. if, what if the Red Sox rattle off like a 10, 12 game win streak or something crazy like right. that, you know, then like it, what, then it what doesn't matter then? what you do, you lose. Yeah. Like you're done. Yeah. Yeah. Unless so, of course the team that's ahead of the Red Sox loses 10 in a row. You know what I mean? Sure. Sure. But yeah. For the yeah, most the part, Rays, yeah, the the Blue Jays. Yeah. 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 So you're pretty much screwed. Yeah. So you know, for me, I, I look at this and I think if you can go twenty and ten here, you would be three games over five hundred at the All Star break. And at that point, I think you can justify to yourself being a buyer at the deadline. And let's be honest about it. I think the Mariners are probably going to end up buying in some form or fashion at the deadline, no matter where they stand. Uh, because 2023, that's probably the goal in their mind at, at the end of the day in terms of like really, 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 really competing. So if they can get something that helps them in 2023, they're probably going to go do that. If that opportunity presents itself in that, that time. Um, but you know, in terms of just like strictly like, yeah, we're looking to go get pieces that help us this year. That's going to help us make a playoff push this year. I think you need to at least be a couple games over 500. Yeah. I think you need to, yeah, yeah, I, I think you need to be in that spot. Cause like otherwise, I mean, like it's not, you know, depending on what the rest of the, the race looks like. And I don't really care about the teams that are ahead of, you know, how many teams there are ahead of them. Obviously that does matter, but I don't, at the end of the day, if it's, uh, you know, like right now, they have the, the Rangers and Angels ahead of them right now. But like one game would put them ahead of both of those teams at this point. So if it's a certain situation right. like that where, yeah, they're behind five teams, but it's like a two game difference between all of them, then sure. I don't really care about that. But, you know, depending on how the race shapes up, you know, it, it might not be over if they're, you know, less than three games over 500, but it's certainly it puts them at a pretty severe disadvantage, I would say. And, uh, and at a certain point, you're going to have to decide who you want to be this summer. You're going to have to decide what you want to do and who you want to be and what team you want to be. And I, I think, you know, at the all-star break is a, is a good time to kind of, you know, assess. Cause at that point you get it, you get a few days off, uh, you get to you know talk amongst yourselves about what you want to do. And I, and I think at that point, that's a, that gets a good time to kind of plant your flag. And just decide what you want to do. So let's look at some of these games. Who who are the Mariners going to see 
uh, over these next 30 games? And um, what should we be concerned about? Where's some opportunities maybe? Talk to me. Yeah, so uh, you're going to see the Angels a lot starting tomorrow. Five of five of your next 11, uh, sorry, eight of your next 11 games are going to be against the Angels, and those eight games are going to come in the next uh, 12 days. Uh, so you get five against the Angels, then you get the day off on Monday, which you'll desperately need. Uh, then you go on the road to Oakland, a team you should beat, although they did beat you last time, but you are better than them. Um, and that, by the way, will be the first uh, away game the Mariners have played on in the uh, Pacific time zone this entire year on June 21st. So you get the Angels for three, then you go to Anaheim for three, then you're back home. So West Coast swing, you're coming right back home. You get the Orioles for three, uh, then you get the A's for four on a wraparound series. And then you get into the, really the only super difficult stretch of, of this next 30 games. You go down to San Diego two against the Padres, both of them, uh, including the 4th of July game, which will be at four o'clock. Uh, then you get an off day on Wednesday, kind of a weird off day. And then you're right back home where you get four against the blue Jays on a wraparound series day off on the 11th. Then you get the nationals for two, the Rangers for four, then the all-star break. So you're going to see a lot of the Angels and a lot of the A's. I think it's 11 games against the Angels, uh, seven against the A's, I believe. Um, so, yeah, I mean, 15 of the next 30 games are against those two teams. Yeah. Uh, the Angels might be as good as you, might not be. You know, that's a toss-up. You're definitely better than the Athletics. You need to take advantage of those. And the 4th of July week, um, that's San Diego, day off Toronto times four stretch that's huge you want to create a buffer there so that way if you you know if you, if you can find a way in those six games to go three and three i think i think that would be huge yeah it's crazy to think that we are this deep into the season we have less than 100 games to go and we have mm-hmm. seen the angels zero times until tomorrow and we've only seen the a's three times like that's you're yep. gonna see them a lot not just within the next 30 days you're gonna see them a lot over the next you know three months uh you only see the astros seven more times yeah that's nice and yeah and you're not getting your first uh you're not getting your first road game in your time zone until june 21st like that to me is just mind-boggling yeah and you're gonna see the rangers quite a bit as well here uh believe 13 more times on the season so yeah so you know there's some opportunities here because i mean you guys know how we feel about the angels <laughs> and uh, you should be able to beat the Rangers and the A's. Uh, they obviously have taken both of the series that they played against the Rangers. They, for some reason, lost that series to the A's somehow. Mm-hmm. Um, but this, you know, that's, that should be a matchup that you do right. farewell. And so, I mean, like it's easy to, to sit here, you know, again, less than a hundred games to go and be doom and gloom about it. And plus like the, the roster itself right now is not conducive to, to winning a ton of ball games and, you know, making a playoff push, quite frankly, they're going to need to make some sort of addition at some point, multiple additions at some point, if they actually do get serious about this thing. Um, but the schedule does say that there could be, a little bit of a run here, maybe not a, a win streak, but maybe another series win streak um, here. So, but they're going to have to start doing it now because they are running out of time. Like it still is early. Yeah, We're still not at the absolutely. point yet where it's like, okay, it's over, but we are running out of time here. 
there 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 is just a- naturally, after this third game. Yeah, just naturally, there's gonna be there's gonna be you know you're you're gonna have to after, figure out what you want to do. Yeah, I mean, after this thirty game stretch, it's ninety three games into the year. That's that's no longer it's right now. It's it's early ish, uh-huh. but and this is really it, man. This is this is the best shot you're gonna get with the schedule. You have another stretch uh, in early August that runs through the end of the month. That's pretty good. You get the Angels four times, the Yankees three times. Uh, but then you get three consecutive Thursdays off. You play the Rangers, the Angels, the A's, the Nationals, uh, the Guardians for four, and Detroit for three uh, with four days off in August. So August has another stretch like this. But if you don't do damage in this stretch, the August stretch will not mean anything. Mm-hmm. So this is it. Man. 30 games to decide what type of season you're going to have, basically. Are yeah. you going to be shopping for Abraham Toro types at the deadline? Or are you going to be shopping for... Frankie Montes, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. The next 30 games will let you know. Yep. Also seems like we're uh, dealing with some lag <laughs> on this show. So that's unfortunate, but hey, that's what you come to expect from Locked On Mariners podcast at this, at this point. Lots of uh, technical issues that have uh, ended up plaguing us through all these shows. Uh, so hopefully that's not too rough after we uh, we watch this back, but apologies for that if uh, you guys are experiencing some, uh, some of the lag. So we're going to be talking about a trade candidate that Colby has been teasing uh behind the scenes to me over uh, the last few hours uh i'm gonna find out who it is you're gonna find out who it is in just a moment but real quick a reminder this episode of locked on mariners is brought to you by athletic greens i started taking athletic greens because i just don't have the time to research every single amazing thing that's going to make my body feel great and i'm sure neither do you so what is athletic greens well with one delicious scoop of athletic greens you're absorbing 75 high quality vitamins minerals, whole food source superfoods, probiotics, and adaptogens to help you start your day right. This special blend of ingredients supports your gut health, your nervous system, your immune system, your energy, recovery, recovery, focus, and aging. All the things. And it only costs you less than $3 per day. You're investing in your health, and it's cheaper than your cold brew habit. It's lifestyle friendly as well, whether you eat keto, paleo, vegan, dairy-free, or gluten-free. And for every purchase, Athletic Greens donates to organizations helping to get nutritious food to kids in need, including No Kid Hungry here in the U.S. So right now, it's time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition. It's just one scoop and a cup of water every day. That's it. No need for a million different pills and supplements to look out for your health. And to make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com forward slash MLB network. Again, that is athleticgreens.com forward slash MLB network to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. This episode of Locked On Mariners is also brought to you by BetOnline. BetOnline.net is your number one source for all your betting stats and sports info. Find all the latest sports developments, news, and odds, including this year's basketball championship matchup, the NHL Hockey Conference Finals, Major League Baseball, and of course, all the latest fighting news from MMA and UFC to boxing. BetOnline is your continued source for all your sporting wagering information, including live betting, esports, and more. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and action. Bet online is where the game starts. All right, Colby, who is this mysterious trade target you have been teasing? I want to know. I'm on the edge of my seat here. 
Brian Reynolds. No. Um, <laughs> yeah. You imagine that was the answer. Um, Jose Ramirez. <laughs> that's right. That's right, baby. Hear me out. Mike Trout. Just throwing that mm. out. There. Um, no, uh, this guy is um, probably not getting traded. Let's start right there. Okay. However, if someone is definitely, were, by the way, someone is definitely going to be in the comments and be like, well, if he's not getting traded, why would you do this segment? Too bad. We're I doing mean, the segment anyway. Would you rather <laughs> we talk about Dylan Moore bunt for, for 15 uh. minutes? Uh, so here, here's my kind of crazy idea, right? We know that some teams are selling and we know a team like the Cincinnati Reds sell probably Mally and Castillo. What do you call it? The Reds? And you're like, you know what? We like those guys. That's not who we're here to talk about. What if instead we made an aggressive offer on a 25 year old second baseman named Jonathan India, who has five years of club control left, but we know the Reds aren't going to win for at least the next three. They're not. He's been hurt this year, having a bit of a down year. Was good last year, not elite, not great, good player, uh, 25 years old. Now, are the Reds likely to trade Jonathan India? No. Do the Mariners have some pieces? Can they put together a competitive package that would leave, uh, make the Reds basically think about it? They do. And they also have one other thing in their back pocket that the Reds have to contend with. Well, they don't have to, but they're choosing to. The Mariners have payroll flexibility, and Mike Musakis is still on that team. Um, there are some other higher-priced guys still on that team, and we saw how much they discounted Jesse Winker to add Suarez, and Suarez ended up helping you more than Winker, at least so far. So, again, is it likely that he's traded? No. The Reds, as dumb as they are, they're probably keep a couple of young guys around to be like, well, look, I mean, see, we can build around this guy. But if you're the Mariners and you go and if you go to them and you say, hey, look, we'll we'll take Musakis's contract. You're going to give us Jonathan India and we're going to give you Noel V. Marte and Matt Brash. You're telling me they're going to say no. Like they're just right. No, absolutely not. Really? I don't know. I think they I think they engage at least. Um, mm-hmm. And, you know, maybe that's the way they eventually end up with Castillo or, or Mali instead as they take on a good chunk of Moustakis' deal. But we know the Reds are going to value that almost as much as another, like, B-tier prospect. So if they come to you and they say, hey, we'll give you India, but it's going to cost Kelnick and, and um, Brash or, or, you know, Kirby uh, heads up or something like that, you say, well, what if we take on uh, Moustakis' deal for you? That price could drop pretty quick. Again, I don't think they're going to do it. But I think it's a discussion that's worth having that nobody else is. And so I wanted to bring mm-hmm. his name up because he certainly is the type of player that Jerry DePoto um, would be highly interested in. And uh, yeah, it's, it's like I said, it's out there. It's unlikely. But I think, I think the, the Mariners, if anybody could make the Reds listen, uh, on Jonathan India, it's the Seattle Mariners. Hmm. Interesting. I I definitely didn't expect to hear Jonathan India's name. Um, I wonder what Jeff Carr flocked on Reds would think about that. Maybe we should uh send him over this uh this clip and uh, see what his response would be. 
<laughs> um, Mike Moustakis is... <laughs> Don't get us fired. <laughs> uh, so uh, Mike Moustakis ah. has been trash. He's been trash, you know. Uh, he's yeah. hitting 210, 317, 319, 81 WRC+. But again... Yeah, that's what I was going to say is like your bench pieces right now are Abraham Toro and Sam Haggerty and Dylan Morris. So <laughs> you might really want to actually consider. Downgrade? Yeah, you might actually want to consider it. Uh, he at least walks. He's walking 10.6% of the time. He's only striking out 20.5% of the time as well. So, I mean, there's some merit maybe to adding Mike Moustakis, but. Uh, I look at the end of the day, if he were to help you get um, a Luis Castillo or a Jonathan India or a Tyler Malley or what have you. Yeah, absolutely. You have all the payroll that you could possibly want. And then some in theory, right? Cause we, we don't know what, how John Stanton feels about that statement, but <laughs> in theory, the Seattle Mariners should have, more than enough payroll to make that work and not limit themselves in any sort of way. So I'm going to say that they should actually listen to you. Yes, I am agreeing with you. I am I am giving you some credit. I like this idea a lot, and I think the Mariners should listen to you and uh, look into this idea. Not just a hat rack, my friend. Um, <laughs> No, I, I think it's interesting, right? Again, the odds are less than a percent, I would say. Yeah. But you go to the Reds and you say, look, we're going to save you. I think it's going to be $6 million. And we're going to give you, you know, an elite prospect, uh, really two, depending on how you feel about Brash. And maybe it's like, maybe it's it's Brash and Marte and Mako. I, I don't know, right? It's going to be steep. Don't get me wrong. It's still going to be yeah. steep. But you get five years of India, four and a half years of India, right? Play second base. You don't have a lot of that in your system. You can play third base. You don't have a lot of that in your system right now. And maybe it's not. Maybe it's maybe they like Toro. We know some teams do like Toro. Um, maybe it's maybe you can get some extract some value from Luis Torrens or Marco. Mm. I don't know, right? Like that. You do have Taylor Trammell, maybe. You do have some major league pieces that that could help lessen the tertiary cost. But I think something that you should consider, I think it's something that more people should be talking about. I don't think it's likely, but it doesn't mean it's a zero. And if there was one team that had the uh, payroll flexibility, the prospects, and the aggressive GM to make a deal like that come to fruition, it would be your Seattle Mariners. I like it. I like it. I truly do. So we'll see. Uh, <laughs> well, now Colby that I've up with a fun idea, surprise. Uh, well, now that Colby's ego has been, uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to finish that, uh, especially after the email that we recently got about certain things that we can and cannot say on this show. Uh, we're just going to end the show right there. Uh, apologies again for the uh, the lag and all that stuff. Of course, technical issues. It's the Locked On Mariners podcast. Technical issues and Locked On Mariners are synonymous with one another. Uh, but <laughs> That's going to do it for us. Thank you so much for joining us here on the Locked On Mariners podcast. For Colby Batnode, 
I'm Tidy Gonzalez. Be sure to give us a follow on Twitter at LO underscore Mariners. You can follow the uh, you can follow inside the Mariners at inside Mariners. You can follow me at Dane Gonzalez. That's D-A-N-E-G-N-Z-L-Z. And Colby at C-E-Pat 11. That's C-P-A-T-1-1. You can also find all that stuff in the description of this episode. And thank you again for making us your first listen of the day, just like you do here every day. Now make your second listen of the day. Locked on MLB. That's where Paul Francis Sullivan, and please call him Sully, brings you his unique perspective on the Major League. President Pass. It's free wherever you get your podcasts just like us. So have yourself a beautiful baseball day and we will see you tomorrow. Peace.